ever notice how differently you feel depending on what you eat or drink? To take an extreme case, if you drink a little too much, how do you feel the next day? When you eat clean for a little while, how does that show up in how your body feels? Not all of us, but most of us feel our bodies. When we take care of our bodies through the right exercise and getting enough sleep and eating clean, our bodies just feel better, meaning they feel calmer, more energetic, more capable. Well, that same thing can be true for our minds. Have you ever noticed that certain things you do make your mind, or what you might call your spirit, feel worse, maybe a little weaker, whereas other things you do make you feel calmer, more energetic, and more capable in your mental capacities? When I record one of these podcasts, I have that feeling for some time afterward. I feel all of those things. I feel good. That's not surprising. A lot of people who indulge creative needs in some form or another will tell you that. So the activity of creation can be a kind of a strengthener. It's not the only one. In his book, The Virtue of Happiness, the author Joel Wade talks about how the commitment to gratitude can give us a higher sense, not only of well-being, but also makes us more optimistic, more aware of having additional tools. Have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried to be highly conscious of all the people who helped you in some way over the course of your development? Have you ever tried to be highly conscious of the good things you did, that your younger self did, to create your current position and choices? Did you give it a chance and see how that affected your mindset? One thing that makes me feel stronger is integrity. We have countless opportunities to take little shortcuts in our interactions with other people, to avoid conflict or dealing with discussions we just don't want to make time for. And sometimes that's useful. But other times, it just makes a small problem worse over time. And I call that situation integrity debt. I've certainly done it, but I've never been glad that I did. When we know we're just letting a problem grow, but we don't have the courage or the self-confidence to address it, we're weakening ourselves. And when we do the opposite, when we address it head-on, we create what we might call integrity equity. And in the process, if we handled it with empathy and dignity, we usually grew a little. We got a little stronger. A lot of managers postpone that difficult conversation with the employee who's just not getting there and maybe not trying that hard to get there, we put it off. And yet, if that manager just rips the Band-Aid off and tells the truth, they most often find that conversation went better than they feared it would, and they felt sort of clean or more capable for having shown that integrity. Now, integrity or healthy self-assertion can take a lot of forms. Doing something unpopular because to do otherwise just feels wrong to us. That's a kind of integrity, and when we do that, that can be a strengthener. In the Latrum culture, challenging assumptions, a commitment to truth, not politics, a commitment to reality, is part of the job. But if people accept that responsibility in our challenge culture, they also grow. They get bigger. They get more capable. Having a high sense of purpose, or a North Star can be a strengthener. 
It's easy as we mature in our careers to get in ruts, even pleasant ruts, where we lose mindfulness of why we're here, of our ambitious sense of mission from our work. And that can show up the most when things start to go wrong. A high sense of mission can make us more weatherproof when things are going wrong around us. So if someone asked you why society or your customers or your employer benefits from what you're doing, do you have an answer that you find meaningful? If not, you may owe it to yourself to find one or to change jobs. Another strengthener is a deep focus on what we can influence versus the things we cannot. If we get hypnotized by world news, we can feel helpless, and that's a weakener. But if we have deep focus on the part of the world that we have influence over and do everything we can to make that good or better, we lose that sense of helplessness. We grow stronger. And it's not as if we've abandoned some responsibility to society or to the world. That's how all good things actually get done, by people taking action in areas that they can influence, not by worry. Another strengthener can be what I call a freshman mindset. It's your first day at college, and you assume all these sophomores and upperclassmen are way ahead of you. What does that do for your engagement? What does that do for your sense of introspection and your student mindset? And the opposite of that is something I call arrivalitis. We get some victories in our career or other activity, and we begin to think that we're the one who's way ahead, and temporarily that can be true. And maybe we're half-consciously defending that identity instead of listening with fresh ears to things people are trying to tell us. I discovered this at lunch with a former protege recently. In the middle of talking with him, it suddenly hit me that I didn't feel far ahead of him anymore. And I have that with more former protégés. <laughs> I have it with, with too many now. And it was unpleasant at first. And then I thought, well, what exactly is bugging me? And I realized I had been defining myself by being ahead of those people. And if that's your self-definition, then it's scary when the gap closes. So what's the solution? It's what I call the freshman mindset. I began imagining, what if one of those people were my boss? What if they had been at the company a lot longer than I had? How would I be approaching my engagements with them? How much more would I be learning and growing? And how much more attention would I be paying to what they're saying? And then, and now you'll see my competitive side coming out, maybe I'd be the one who's gaining on them. So I try to be alert to arrivalitis, and I try to cure it with a freshman mindset. Arrivalitis is really just one form of entitlement. Most of us frown on what we call feelings of entitlement because we think they're wrong, but most of us also let those feelings sneak up on us. And one of those can be that I'm entitled for things to go well. Our civilization, whatever its faults, makes it easy to forget that the world, until pretty recently in human history, was a far more dangerous, unpredictable, unhealthy, and unpleasant place. It took humans working very hard for generations to develop the environment where so many of us can take for granted our necessities, that our tools will work, and that other people are not a daily threat. We might be happier if we could remember that things were not always so good and that it actually takes work from us to make them good. And that keeps us working even harder, and it keeps us 
from that feeling of entitlement that things are just naturally supposed to go well. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you may have noticed that all of these things that I'm talking about are things we can control. These are all habits. They're all mindsets. COVID can't stop you from cultivating these mindsets, nor can the media. No one can. What else do you notice about these things? For me, I notice that embracing these habits actually is more important to me than some of the things I was focused on before COVID. So let me reemphasize this so there's no ambiguity. Can you get your head around the idea that right now, if you choose, you have absolute control over the things that actually matter the most in your life, the mindsets and habits that will most influence your long-term outcomes, what we call character? Thank you.